What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Zach Lowe, class of 2018. Uh, Zach's going to tell us how he has deep, deep roots tied to Bethany, which is how he ended up here, what he did after he left Bethany, and what he's looking to do in his career. Uh, but without further ado, all the way from Jacksonville, Florida, Zach Lowe. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week, Zachary Lowe, class of 2018. Zach, thank you for taking time. I'm assuming you're down there in Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm down here in Jacksonville right now. I appreciate you having me on the show. And everything I good. I know that this is hurricane season for you guys down in Florida. Do they make it that, that north? No, yeah. I mean, we haven't been hit by anything yet. I mean, it rains every day, but it usually stays on the Gulf by Dustin and Lexi. So that makes me feel better. So, Zach, we're going to talk about your, um, how should we say, unique connection to Bethany and how you ended up finding Bethany. Um, and then we'll go from there. So let's start with how did you find in Jacksonville, Florida, how did you find Bethany College? Well, I got to say Bethany College found me um, as soon as I popped out of my mother. Uh, so my dad and mom, they both grew up in Bethany. Uh, my dad hails from Roosevelt Avenue right in the middle of town. And my mom grew up on Logan Court with all her brothers. And my dad grew up with all his sisters. So, you know, they met at Bethany Middle School, which is now Hurl. Um, I think they dated in the fifth grade, uh, found each other years later at a Florida State football game. But to this day, I'm not a Florida State fan. And, you know, uh, so Bethany found me. So growing up, whenever we took family vacations, when people were going to, you know, the islands or New York City, Chicago, California, uh, we went to Bethany. You were so, coming to ye old Bethany. Yeah, we went to Bethany on family vacations. And, you know, I've had uh, my grandfather, Bob Gowen, went to Bethany. My dad went to Bethany. Uh, uncles, aunts, cousins have went. Cousins are still there at Bethany. So uh, the ties run really deep. And when the time came for me to go to college, um, my grandma, Lo, who lived in Bethany, till the day she died. And she was actually my grandfather's secretary when he was the AD and coach at Bethany back in the 60s and 70s. Um, she told me when I was young, you're going to go to Bethany. You're going to go to Bethany. Every time she said that, I said, why would I go to Bethany? Like, there's no way I'm going to Bethany. Like, you know, you live here and that's terrific and that's excellent, but there's no way, you know, I'm going to go to UF. I'm going to go to Florida State. I'm going to go somewhere big, whatever. And when the time came, I remember I was touring Stetson with my parents and my grandparents. And I was walking with my grandpa. We were talking. And he said, this place is pretty nice. You know, I've seen some good looking girls. There's some really nice dorms here. You know, I really think you could excel here. And I said, I think I'm going to go to Bethany. And he said, you're joking. And I said, no, seriously, I'm going to go to Bethany. And, you know, that's just kind of how it happened. And, you know, to this day, uh, Bethany, the town, uh, runs really deep in me. Um, you know, whenever you hear that song, Take Me Home Country Roads, you know, you'd hear, and I heard it a lot in Milwaukee because people love that song. You know, everybody loves that song, but it's true for me. I remember like when we would grow up and drive into West Virginia, my mother would hold her breath until she got 
you know, cross the PA line into West Virginia and she'd roll down the window and take a deep breath. And she said that air is different. Um, so uh, the, the town runs deep, but, you know, the college runs deep with my family as well. We dearly love it. Um, it's everything to us. And, you know, I, in law school, I kept old Maine as my uh, computer background. And I got a lot of questions about it. And they said, where is that? And I said, if I told you, we'd be talking for an hour because there's no way I could. It's in Northern West Virginia, about 45 minutes to an hour from Pittsburgh. But yeah, so Bethany found me. Um, I ended up going there, ended up loving it. And uh, there's a lot more to say, I'm sure, but that's about it right now. So I got to, I guess you, you posed a, an interesting, so you're, you're at another place with your, with your grandparents, your, your parents, you're walking around a campus. What was the, what was the switch that happened for you that was like, wow, I think that Bethany's just where I'm going to go. Like it's it just now was there, and was there a goal for football wise? Was it, did that factor in that you could go and play and get your education? Yeah. I mean, football definitely was a part of it. Um, but mostly, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't like who I was in high school. Um, you know, I, I was way overweight. I was, you know, not really excelling in my classes. I wasn't doing what I felt I should be doing to push myself forward um, professionally or personally. And I know, I knew by going to Bethany, you know, I had strong connections there. Um, I would succeed. And I knew that I would be able to do anything I wanted to do, you know, be a leader instead of a follower and, you know, really throw myself into academics because, you know, I've always had really big goals for myself down the road. And I knew that Bethany would be best for me to get me there. And although it was far away, I mean, that was the first time I moved from home. And when you're moving to Bethany, it's not like there's anything really around. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, but I didn't have a car my entire time there. Um, and, you know, until we got Dustin's BMW senior year, we were really strapped and we were taking the Shoelace Express all over the place in Bethany, uh, which really built up my cabs. But, you know, very nice cabs, uh, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, it, it was so good for me. And, you know, looking back, my roommates in Milwaukee and my friends there, you know, they went to Oklahoma, they went to Wisconsin, they went to big schools. And, you know, I went and saw those schools and, you know, they're really fun. Like, I'm not going to lie, they're really fun and the atmosphere is great and the people were nice and, you know, it was just a fun place to be. Um, but Bethany was so good for me and it's so good for people that are looking to better themselves um, because you're going to get the opportunities to do that at Bethany um, that you really won't get at a big school or a big earth school. So that's kind of what flipped the switch for me. You know, I saw myself going to Stetson and just kind of being another face in the crowd and doing whatever. And, you know, walking around there with my grandpa, who was basically, I mean, I consider him to be Mr. Bethany. You know, he went so many different places. He achieved so many different things. And his proudest accomplishment to the day he died was being Bethany's winningest football coach yep. and being a graduate of Bethany College. Um, and that says a lot because, I mean, he went on to do amazing things at Florida State and Cincinnati. But his love for Bethany, um, his devotion to everything Bethany did for him, um, I think that really is something I saw and said, Bethany can be as good for me as it was for him. So you, you touched on the academics, and we will get to that. I, I, I brought up the football side of things. For those of you that don't know, uh, 
we had a name for Zach back in the day. He was long, long snapper low in the fall. That's, that's what Zach was. I believe during spring ball, he might've dabbled as a linebacker and a tight end and a couple other positions, but it was always yeah. the long snapper low. Um, what was your football, your collegiate football experience like? Cause you said when you got here, you were, you were a little bit bigger and you, you slimmed down throughout the years, but I believe your tackles went up throughout those years too. If I remember there was a Waynesburg tackle that you may or may not have been a part of. Glizzy might've killed a kid, but you got credit for the tackle. Yeah. But, so what was the football experience like for you? Yeah. I mean, basically you hit on it. I was a Swiss army knife out there. I could do basically anything, but you know, but really uh, actually my first day at Bethany, my first football practice, I overslept and I showed up late. So that was a great start for me. Um, but after that, things only went up. Uh, and, you know, when I look back at my football, college football career, um, first of all, being in that locker room, having those connections with those people, having those moments with those people. You know, I don't think about the wins and losses. We had some great wins. We had some horrible losses. We had games we should have won. We had some games we should have lost. I don't think about that. I think about the times in the locker room with those guys that I'll hold forever. I think the world of every single person I was ever in that locker room with, um, just great people um, and wherever they are. I mean, I, I don't see a lot of people from Beth anymore, but I hope they're doing so well uh, because really I treasured that time so much, just being around those guys, um, working with them every day, whether it was in the, like, you know, the gym or lifting weights or running sprints, whatever. <clears throat> so really that's what I think about when it comes to college football. Um, and, you know, there's no feeling um, like putting on that uniform. And, you know, I wore 48, the same number as my grandfather um, during my time at Beth. And that was special too. Um, I think the first time he saw me wear the number, he about cried. Um, he showed up and he was, you know, tearing up and, you know, that meant the world to him. And, you know, just, my family um, from both sides. Like I said, both of my parents grew up in Bethany. You know, I had my uncles, my aunts, my cousins, my grandparents coming back to Bethany when they hadn't been back to Bethany in 20, 30 years. Um, because both of my grandparents on my dad's side passed away. Um, and, you know, my mother's side, they became distant with Bethany. Um, but really when I came back, they came back too which was terrific. And they, just to see the looks on their faces from tailgating, from walking around town, um, seeing old friends, you know, the Schwarzfegers, uh, the Chambers, really, you know, the Hoffmans, everybody, you know, that they grew up around and that, that's special stuff. So when I think about my football career, it, it was more so tailgates, um, the butterflies I got from putting on that uniform, the same one my grandfather wore, you know, 50 years earlier. Um, the connections I made with my teammates um, on and off the field. That's the stuff that sticks with you. Uh, we had some great wins. We had some games we should have won, like I said, but really the other stuff is so much more important. And I've learned lessons in football and in that locker room that um, will carry on forever. Um, you know, you see the way the world's going and everybody always says, you know, if everybody could treat the world like a football locker room it would be a better place. And I believe that 100% you have such a mix of people and backgrounds and places there. Um, so love my time playing football just because of those moments. So you, 
you you stated earlier about the when you were when you were leaving high school academically you weren't where you wanted to be how did bethany help you get to that to to get to that point as well where you wanted to be academically uh because i don't i don't know this i know that i saw your grades for a couple of years there and they were way better than i had ever seen so um <laughs> How, what was, what was it about Bethany? Is it the small class sizes? Was it the, did you have certain study techniques? What made you come out of your shell as a student and really excel here? Well, I think first and foremost, I knew if I went to Bethany, I'd be under a microscope uh, just because of who I was. So that was one thing. Two, I knew if I went to Bethany, there weren't that many people there. (laughs) So I knew that professors would know if I didn't go to class, professors would know if I hadn't been putting in the work. And I can rattle off the great professors I had. Um, Professor Peterson, Dr. Peterson, um, who was our uh, liaison um, at Alpha Sig. He was awesome for me. Uh, Dr. Kappel, you know, I remember every time I go back to Bethany, I somehow run into him and we have a nice conversation. And I think he actually ended up buying my aunt and uncle's house and Bethany. So, you know, he was great. You know, Dr. Corelli was great for me. Uh, I could go on and on about the great professors I had at Bethany that really helped me succeed, but they just kind of held me to a higher standard. Um, And they held, and that's because they hold everybody to a higher standard. There aren't that many people there. Um, Their job is to make sure the people that are there excel and succeed. And I knew if I went to Bethany, that would be the case. I know my mom went to Florida State and she would tell me, look, uh, Florida State's a big campus. It doesn't have much parking. If I drove up and didn't see a parking spot, I didn't go to class. Um, I didn't have a car, so that wasn't my problem. I was walking everywhere, but you know, those mornings when it was cold and I knew I would probably slip and fall somewhere on the walk over or whatever, um, I knew I still had to go because my professors basically had my phone number um, and they would text me or call me if I didn't show up. So, you know, Bethany really allowed me to succeed academically because there's no other choice. I mean, you're either sink or swim there. And I decided to swim early on. And, you know, Bethany had great tutoring services as well, if I ever needed them. Uh, They made that very available in every department. And uh, the learning center with Heather Taylor, um, when she was there and the football study tables and just being on a sports team too, because the coaches could see your grades, they could see if you're going to class, Um, that helped as well. So you know, Bethany was really good for me academically because uh, it, it was either you fail or you don't fail. And I chose not to fail. So that's why it was so good. Um, <clears throat> social aspect, as you said, it's a small campus, you know, everyone and everyone knows mm-hmm. you doesn't, you know, Zach Lowe to Dustin Hess, everybody, you know, you could, you would see the same people every day you went to class. And especially on those cold days, you'd have everybody bundled up and quickly getting to where they had to be. Um, what, cause we, I, you touched on that you're an alpha sig. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Greek life and then we'll go into a little bit more about the, uh, the social aspect of what Bethany college brings. Yeah. So, um, you know, I remember my freshman year, I wasn't going to join a house and, um, it came down to, I think, you know, my dad was a Sigma new, my grandfather was a Phi Ta, um, and my uncle Brian was a beta the one year he was there. Um, so we had a lot of connections around Bethany. And my, you know, cousin-in-law, Thad, 
uh, he was an alpha sig. So, you know, I, I had a lot of decisions to make. And, you know, I think it came down to Sigma Nu because I kind of wanted to follow in my dad's footsteps. Um, and then there was Alpha Sig, who I had a lot of football buddies from. And so at the last second, we were in the cast. Um, and Dustin and I decided, decided to join Alpha Sig. And I remember that first day uh, I called Dustin. I was like, dude, I think I made a huge mistake. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I should do this. Like, I'm trying to focus on other things. Like, I, I might drop out. And Dustin just said, look, you got to give it a shot. You know, let's see what, let's see where this goes. Um, and if it doesn't go well, then we'll both drop out together. That's fine. And, you know, that's not what ended up happening. And uh, another great decision I made was being in that house um, just because of the people. And, you know, the people I graduated with are great. You know, I mean, you know, I'm best man in Dustin's wedding. Um, Lucas is getting married next year. Great uh, memories with him and Phil um, and all the other guys I graduated with and towards the end. But really, when I look back at it, my favorite house uh, was when I was a sophomore year um, with, you know, Mike and Tommy and Bobby and Larry um, Nadine, you, Barnes, Jake, uh, I, I really missed that. That was awesome being around you guys because that's another place where I learned a lot of terrific lessons, um, both good and bad, you know. Uh, we had a lot of great times and, you know, there's a lot of stories that I would still tell people that happened. Um, I'm still not sure how, you know, Matt May's snake tank got thrown off the deck or whatever happened there, but that was an interesting time. And, uh, but, you know, there were so many stories, so many memories um, with that group of guys that I'll carry forever. Um, I saw everybody at, you know, Mike's wedding a couple weeks ago, and that was terrific. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't make it. I had a couple of reasons why I couldn't do it. But, you know, it was so terrific to see you all back together. Um, I really wish I could have been there because I hadn't seen a lot of you in a long time. Uh, but it was awesome to see you all and you're all looking great. So um, that was awesome. To see. And, you know, it allowed me to uh, really step into leadership roles uh, right away. Um, I got to be the president of the house and that was really interesting. And you got to do a lot of interesting things. And honestly, that really set me up well for law school uh, because it was extremely hard. You were dealing with a lot of different people, a lot of different personalities, a lot of different ideas. You were dealing with the people on campus every day. It felt like there was something new. Um, it was a glorious burden to be the president of that class, uh, of that house. And, you know, I think anybody that steps into those shoes, uh, they really take some stuff out of it because it's a lot of work. And, you know, one of my buddies in Milwaukee was the president of the fraternity at Wisconsin-Madison. And he and I would talk a little bit about you know, the different stuff we deal with. And while there were different problems, I think we both took uh, some lessons, some thoughts out of being the president and how that really helped us succeed going forward in law school, because, you know, a lot of everything in life is about building relationships. And in that role, you had to build relationships with the people in the house, mm -hmm. the people on campus, mm -hmm. the alumni, um, the professors, whoever. Uh, you have to make all of those people happy all at the same time. And it's all at the same time. It's and that old adage of, you know, you can't please everyone. But when you're the president, especially small school like this, if the school's not happy with you, 
it's, your brothers probably aren't going to be happy because some social things are probably not going to work. And if yeah. the school's not happy with you and the brothers aren't happy with you, the alumni sure aren't happy with you because the schools are. So there's just, a, it's a circle that you got to kind of keep up with on your own. I mean. Yeah, it's a mess. It was an absolute mess, but I loved it. And, you know, um, you said it best, you know, you just had to keep so many people happy at the same time, which a lot of the time it wasn't because you were dealing most of the time when you're dealing with people, it wasn't good things. Uh, there would be very rare occasions when you get a call and be like, congratulations. And I, and I would be like, oh, I thought you were going to yell at me for something. You're still sitting uh, on the phone going, all right, so what did I do wrong, though? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that was great. And I'm so glad I joined the house just because of, you know, the connections and the memories and uh, the lessons I took from that. Too. So um, from the so you had that part of social life because, you know, Greek Hill was always kind of Greek. It's Greek Hill. It is what it is, especially on a small mm -hmm. campus. Um, yeah. Was there anything else that you did socially or that you can remember from your time at Bethany? Cause I know you came in, there were, there were a couple concerts at the beginning of your time and not mm -hmm. very much at the end of your time. There was a bar at the beginning of your time that wasn't there. There was a very, there was a vast change going on here in the Northern Panhandle. Yeah. Um, we had the bar for two years when I was there. Um, and, it, and that was sad, really sad. And it still is sad that the bar isn't there because, you know, like I said, my family has a very strong connection to Bethany. Um, my grandpa went to Bubba's in the 50s. He, you'd go out to the gardens more um, that used to be there that it washed away like five times from floods. Yeah. But, you know, my grandpa would go there. Um, my dad would go there. My dad knew Chuck pretty well. Um, and Chuck was, you know, when my dad went to Bethany, he was just a bartender, you know, he wasn't anything, he wasn't, you know, running the joint. And my dad knew him pretty well because he was, he'd go there almost all the time. Um, my mom, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, they had all gone to Bethany. And it was sad when that went out. Um, it still is sad. I hope they figure out a way to open that back up because it's really good for the college. You don't want people driving on those roads for sure. Um, because I mean, I know a lot of the people that have watched this have been to Bethany, but a lot of people haven't, those roads will make you sick sober. Um, those, those roads, you, you might have trouble driving them sober. So There's no such thing as um, a straight line from Bethany to anywhere. No, it's a absolute curve and uh, you're going, you know, hairpin turns. So, you know, that is sad. And I really hope it comes back, but you know, we had the concerts. Um, but a lot of Bethany is making your own fun. I mean, uh, and it's Bethany is what it is. I mean, it's just like any school. You can go and you can have a good time or you don't, you just don't. And that's all on you. Um, that's all on you making friends. That's all on you uh, making meaningful relationships. It's all on you having fun, doing what you like to do. So, you know, I decided to have a good time when I could have a good time. And I feel like I did. Uh, there's a lot of memories that, you know, cannot be said here, uh, but I there's do. There's a lot of memories that private. can't be remembered on my part. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's those two. There's definitely those two. Uh, I had a lot of great birthdays at Bethany. I remember that very fondly. Um, but, you know, Bethany is what it, you make of it. I, I, the funny thing is I, in law school in Milwaukee, we would actually go out to bars. Um, that was a different concept for me because, a lot of the time we would just, you know, have house parties or uh, go to somebody's room and CV or, you know, do whatever. I mean, I, 
they're like, you want to go to the bars? I was like, what is that? Yo, like, what, what do that you do? Mean? Yeah, what do you do? Do you just like walk around? Do you like stand there? <laughs> Are you allowed to talk to people? Like, what, what do you do there? Well, but, and a you know, story that Mr. Lowe is being modest about is in his last year, in the last year that the bar was open, we had, and I worked there this year, we had started this thing, uh, karaoke. And the hmm. only reason that karaoke lasted as long as it did is because the former guest, Cody Coleman, and Zach Lowe were the only two that we knew for sure were going to sing. Mr. Thomas Red over here, and I believe Cody Coleman sang Bohemian Rhapsody every Wednesday. <laughs> like you could set your watch by it. Um, yeah. So I still Lowe, love karaoke. You did love karaoke. You were a karaoke fiend. I still love it. I love to do karaoke. So last question of part one, and then we'll send it to Mr. Chambers. Um, if you were talking to childhood low, mm. does the career paths line up where you're going now with going to become a lawyer and childhood low, does childhood low want to be a fireman or an athletic director or a football Like what does childhood low want to be? And would he be surprised that adult low is going to become a, or is a lawyer now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I wake up almost every day and I still can't believe I got my JD. I mean, that's pretty crazy to think that, you know, I could practice law tomorrow in the state of Wisconsin and nobody would even think about it. They just let me in and let me start talking. Uh, so that's pretty crazy every time I think about it, but um, I still want to be an AD. Um, I'm still kind of on that career path. So, you know, I think I did exactly what I wanted to do. And I think I'm continuing to do exactly what I want to do. My family is extremely supportive. Um, my friends are extremely supportive and all that has come from my experiences. And a lot of that has come from Bethany. Um, and, you know, I would be lying to you if I said there are days where I think, dang, what if I didn't go to Bethany and I went to a big school and I just had a lot of fun, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when I really think about it, um, my time at Bethany is something I wouldn't trade for anything, um, just because of the people, just because of the memories. Um, so, you know, looking back, um, when I was a kid, I grew up around Bethany and yeah, I did say all the time, I'm not coming here. There's nothing here. I mean, what the heck would I come here for? Um, from Florida where it's always sunny and nice. And, you know, why, why would I leave to come to Bethany? Um, but looking back, um, it's so special and I can hold that special place in my heart. And, you know, there's a lot of people that go to Florida state and Florida and big schools. There aren't a lot of people that go to Bethany. Um, and that just, you know, being able to talk about that, being able to say, you know, I did play sports, being able to say that, you know, I was able to do a lot of leadership things that I wouldn't have been able to do. That really helped me go into law school and it continues to help me now. Um, so, you know, and I'll tell you a quick story is, you know, when my grandfather was the AD at Cincinnati, uh, he was up in the press box at a football game and you know, he was watching it and he had one of his buddies from Bethany there with him. And, you know, he heard somebody say from the back, they said, that's why you don't let a D3 coach coach D1 football. Like, how do you make a call like that? And his buddy stood up and turned around and said, your athletic director is a division three coach. So you better watch your mouth. And uh, that made him be quiet real quick. So, you know, Bethany allowed him to excel um, to where I want to be 
And I know for a fact, Bethany's going to allow me to excel where I want to be just because of those relationships, those opportunities that you really wouldn't get elsewhere. So while my childhood self might say to me, um, after I even went there, I don't want to go there. Um, you're going to go there and you're going to do well and you're going to push forward and you're going to love it. So looking back, I wouldn't change a single thing. Well, that's a good place. Um, and it's funny, you know, you, you don't realize who you're talking around until you make a comment <laughs> like that. And, the, and a guy stands up and goes, Hey, your boss is a <laughs> division three football coach. So watch it. Um, yeah, seriously. But it's a good place. We're going to take a pause. We're going to send it to Harry Chambers at Chambers General Store because if they don't have it, you don't need it. You can get that on the back of a T-shirt, and it's a well-known fact. It's it's unarguable. Um, also, if you've been to Bethany and you've never stepped in foot uh, stepped foot in Chambers, don't know how you did it because it's literally the only thing on Main Street at this point. Um, but you need to stop in if you're in town for the daily lunch specials, breakfast sandwiches, biscuits and gravy, the 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 uh, soups once the winter time and whatnot kicks in. And there's, like I said, there's t-shirts. You can get them online, go to their Facebook page. It's the Chambers General Store. Um, but this is Zach Lowe, class of 2018. I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour, and we'll be right back. You're watching another exciting episode of the Dingo Talk. While you're in Bethany, make sure you stop in the store for a daily lunch special, breakfast sandwiches all day, try out the biscuits and gravy, guaranteed it'll fill you up, and also look for our new burnt orange chambers, if we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts, and our psychedelic green third edition Bethany Mushroom Capital of the World t-shirts. Now back to you, Dingo. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week, Zach Lowe, all the way from Jacksonville, Florida, class of 2018. Uh, Zach was telling us about everything that you can, and, and he hit the nail on the head on, on a lot of things. It's the small community of Bethany. It's the memories that you make. It's, you don't remember specific days, you remember memories. And, and that's kind of a testament to what Bethany is and you, you really nailed that. Now we're going to touch on the thing that makes us all, it brings us all connected in this, this goofy little bubble of ours, uh, comprehensive exams. Were you a winter or a spring comper? I was a spring comper. And what was your, let's go study tactics first. How did you prepare for comps? Well, um, you know, First, I want to say, hopefully some people I went to law school or met in Wisconsin watched this. So comps basically is at the end of your career where I went to college at Bethany, um, you have to take a test on everything you learned in your major. And if you don't pass, you don't graduate. So that's basically what it is. Um, and so my study tactics was, first, I can't fail. Um, I've gone too far. I've worked too hard. I've dredged through the snow too many times to fail. I've gotten up early too many times to fail. I made it all the way in. I did that senior project, which you also have to do to graduate. Um, I'm not failing my comps, period. It's not happening. Um, the second thing was, you know, I lived across the hall from Dustin and Dustin's somebody is extremely ambitious that pushes you extremely hard. And, you know, Dustin and I basically uh, came to the conclusion that <clears throat> if we didn't get 
um, distinction on our comps, it was basically like failing. So we were shooting for the very top and that just meant we were studying really hard every day. And I remember Josh Hart and I, one of your littles, um, we would study every single day together. And basically what we would do is go through our old notes and just memorize and memorize and memorize and memorize. And we worked extremely hard. And it was a weird time because my comps were with Flynn Pollard, who was another great professor. I had a lot of respect for Flynn, and I hope he's doing well wherever he is. Um, but he didn't teach me my first three years of college. He just came in my last year um, basically because they needed somebody because mm-hmm. um, Dr. Peterson accepted another job closer to where he wanted to be. Um, and like I said, I really like Dr. Peterson. And Dr. Sable was who knows where. Um, still don't know where the guy is. Um, so, you know, <laughs> both of my major professors were gone. And Flynn's like, well, okay. And Flynn went to Bethany, so that mm-hmm. helped. He at least knew what comps were during my time. Um, yeah. And he came in and um, he was basically our only poli sci professor. And that made things interesting. We had no idea what he was going to test on. Um, we had no idea what questions he was going to ask because, you know, old professors that are usually there, you know, they develop tendencies. So we just had to memorize everything about everything because you don't know where the questions are going to come from. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're going to be. You do know they're going to be like essay questions. They're not going to say, you know, fill in the blank here. What color was blah, blah, blah. That's just not the way it goes. They want you to write until your hands cramp. Um, And that's another thing. We had to write everything. Blue books. Um, books. In law school, we got the typer exam. Um, We And every exam I took at Bethany, I had to write. I don't think I got to type one exam, which is crazy looking back. Because I remember my hand would actually just look like a, just a cramped up mess. Um, Because you had to write like 12 blue books worth of stuff. And it was hot in that lecture hall. Um, So looking back, comps was not a terrific experience. It was amazing when you finished. And, you know, Dustin and I both ended up getting distinction. So we didn't throw a little fit there, um, which is nice. Um, But, you know, comps is extreme, man. And I'll tell you, um, in law school, you have one exam. And if you don't pass it, you fail. Um, and that's your entire grade for the entire semester. So when it came to going to law school, um, every single exam I took was a mini comp. So I was set up really well by Bethany to succeed in law school because every exam was basically a comp. You got tested on everything from the semester. Mm-hmm. Um, your grade 100% depended on one test. You had nothing else. You know, they'll say class participation, whatever. They don't pay attention to that. No. Um, it's all about that one exam um, and sink or swim again. And uh, I put in the work. I had a great study group and I think we had everybody pass. It was terrific. Made it through, graduated Bethany. Um, but it's just another one of those things that makes Bethany different. Um, between being in a very isolated location, um, comps, the people in town, uh, it's a very interesting place. I mean, very special. I love it. Um, but comps is just another wrinkle. And I, I don't know how many different schools do it, um, but not many. It's under 10. Seven or eight, I much. believe now. I, I've yeah. had this question posed before, and I have. I always get the answer after the show. And I'm never read. For some reason, I'm never prepared for the, oh, how many other schools do comps? And I just need to write the number down and just underline yeah. it so when the question comes up. Um, yeah. So, but, but I mean, you see, out. Oh, go ahead. when I walk, 
I mean, but you know, the funny thing about comps too is you're at Bethany or three or four years and you see everybody doing it and you think, wow, that's going to suck when I get to that point, but Hey, I'm not going to get there. Um, and then you get there and you're like, Oh man, this is awful. Um, but you make it through and it all works out. And, but plus, I mean, all my family did it too. Like I mentioned everybody that did it. And even my grandpa in the fifties, uh, they used to have to go to the professor's houses and, do and then wait like for they, the registrar to send them the official letter that said you passed. Yeah. And I remember my grandfather's major, he would tell the story all the time. His major, he had a really easy professor that wouldn't fail anybody. And one of his best friends, Andy Urbanek, um, who also went to Bethany with him, is another Pittsburgh guy. Uh, I think they both went to Penn Hills together in Pittsburgh. And, you know, he ran out of his comps and he was just shaking his head and put his hand. He said, I can't believe that professor. Um, he didn't make it. He got sick. So they gave us one of the hard ones. I think it might have been like Barry Richardson, who Richardson Hall's named out. They said, we gave us one of these really hard professors. And I don't think any of us are going to pass. And he got in there and his professor that was easy was right there. And, you know, he came out and I'm pretty sure he punched Andy Urbanek for saying that to him and making him feel like he was going to fail comps. But you know, you get stories like that all throughout the years and my whole family had to do it. So I was next so, up. Comps ends, you walk out, there's that feeling of relief. You got the, you got the two buttons. For those of you that don't know, there's also a button process where you get a button that says I'm accomplished. And if you get distinction, Clever. you get a, I believe it's a star, right? That says yeah. distinction. Yeah. Um, and that means that you you passed I, I think you got like what a 90 it's like a 97 or a 95 total uh, of, I don't know it's some high percent like you, you basically you may maybe missed one question and then you went to orals where the other part of comps after you're done with writing for two days the torture is not done because then you have to go sit in front of a panel of professors as Zach was talking about and they grill you um they, well, they don't necessarily grill you, but it's this is their opportunity if you messed up a question or if they just want to have a conversation with you that you're theirs for an hour. And it's the longest hour of your life at Bethany because they mm -hmm. give you the five minutes where you go into another room and they deliberate about you and you're sitting there and every question that you've answered your whole time, you're just, well, oh, I should have said this or, oh man, I didn't do that right. And and it is, it's what makes this degree just that much more unique coming from this place. But so you walk across the stage two weeks later, a week later, a week later, mm -hmm. you walk across the stage. Were you already going to Marquette? Had you already decided that? And what went into that decision? Oh, man. I mean, I had no idea where I was going for law school. I didn't decide until July. Uh, which was literally weeks before I had to move in somewhere. So I was really crunching it to the last second. And, you know, I think that just really went back to me enjoying my final time at Bethany. Because Bethany, just like any school anywhere, once you leave, it's not the same, period. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, once you leave college for the last time, it'll never be like that again. I mean, you can go back and you can reminisce uh, but it's not going to be the same place. So I really wanted to make sure I enjoyed that final time and getting out of comps. And I remember Byron and Chelsea were there and they gave me these donuts and everybody was throwing booze in my face and we we're having a terrific time. And, you know, Biz Landon, 
and Gabby were all there and you know they've been my friends since freshman year and of course everybody from the house was there so we had a great time and I really enjoyed my final you know months at Bethany and you know graduation came and my entire family who had went to Bethany who hadn't been to Bethany went and I knew I had to decide where I wanted to go to law school and you know I want to work in college athletics I've always said I want to work in college athletics um, and the top sports law program in the country is at Marquette. They have the National Sports Law Institute. You know, Professor Anderson there um, runs it. Uh, Professor Mitten, who has become a great mentor to me, um, he does some terrific things with the Olympics and a lot of college and professional sports law um, sponsorship stuff. So, you know, I saw it and I thought, oh, I'd like to go there, but it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've never been to Wisconsin. Um, I know it's cold. I know the Packers are there. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers wants out of there now. So, <laughs> what, I mean, you know, I know they had the Badgers there. Uh, but, you know, and I got into Pitt. So I was deciding between Pitt and Marquette. And, you know, I went to Pitt and I visited. And Pitt was okay. I mean, I'm not going to hype it up. Uh, but then I went to Marquette. It was Pitt's a great law school. But, you know, I went to Marquette. And the building is absolutely beautiful. Eckstein Hall is absolutely beautiful. Um, I really like the city of Milwaukee. Um, beautiful in the summer, really cold all the other time. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't go for the weather, um, but, you know, I had a lot of fun in Milwaukee. I had a great time at Marquette. Um, my really good friends, all of them, um, you know, people I had my 1L classes with, the people I roomed with. My friend, uh, Drake, is actually a big fan of your show, Carlo. Uh, so well, thank you, Drake, uh, for watching. Yeah, he's a huge fan of your show. He would always actually put it on while I was in class, uh, and he put the show right in my face too, so I couldn't pay attention to my important class. Um, and actually, I don't know if your theme song is still the same, the Billy Joel uh, song. You introduced my friend Merrick to Billy Joel, so I want to say you know congratulations to you for that because he loves your theme song, but. You know, I was able to make really lasting friendships with a lot of people that'll hold forever. Um, I had a friend, Bree, call me yesterday from Milwaukee just to catch up. And, you know, that's so important. And I feel like, you know, I got the same type of stuff from Marquette that I got from Bethany. Um, and it's so great to be an alumni of two different places that I love. Um, Bethany will always be my first love, my number one love, um, but Marquette's close there too. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, they had a lot more bars. I'm not going to lie. I probably had a lot more fun in Milwaukee because um, if you're not drinking in Milwaukee, then you must be sleeping. Uh, it's a great <laughs> town to visit. Uh, it's a great town to have fun in. Uh, the amount of great people I met there and I'll hold forever um, is it's so extensive. Um, so, and you know, it really set me up well. I got to do a lot of really great internships. Um, I really got to meet a lot of great people in the college athletics industry. Um, at the NCAA level, to the college level, ADs, um, senior women administrators. And I learned a lot of stuff uh, about sports law. And it's really uh, emerging as a really big area with, you know, name, image, likeness stuff now in college athletics. So sponsorship agreements, contracts, that sort of deal. So I'm really happy. I went to Marquette and, you know, the Bucks won the NBA finals this year. I'm actually a big Bucks fan now. Uh, baseball, I'm a Brewers fan now, and they're having a great year. Um, but you know, my NFL team will always be the Miami Dolphins, and we won. Ends this up, week, baby. So. And the Lures, the Lures won this week too. So, 
good for oh. them and they beat the bills which I'll, I'll i'll always love when the bills lose so so you brought up let's let's <laughs> talk a little bit if you can about what the new rules in the ncaa for players being able to make to profit off of their likeness um mm-hmm. kind of give a a, a broad like a, a quick overview of what the the simple way of explaining it and then how yeah. does that affect you like what would your job be in if you were representing a college in that negotiation yeah so basically what it comes down to is you got state law and hopefully soon uh the federal government will come up with a regulation for name image likeness because right now it's the wild west i mean some states like i live in florida we don't have an income tax um but if you went to a school in new york you do and you're really taxed heavy or California, you're going to get really taxed heavy. So first of all, you know, you come to a state like Florida or Texas that doesn't have state income tax, you're going to make more money than the others because you're getting taxed less. So hopefully they can figure that out. Um, But, you know, the state laws basically say, you know, these kids can make money off of their name image. Well, they're not really kids. These young adults can make money off their name image likeness, um, which means, you know, doing commercials, sponsorships, that sort of deal, but they can't do it for things like tobacco, alcohol, gambling companies, because, um, you know, they don't want student athletes affiliated with that sort of deal. But also, you know, the deals have to be done completely separate from the university. So it's not like um, if I were working at Bethany, for instance, and I was the AD at Bethany and we had a student athlete there that Chambers wanted to sponsor. They wanted to put them on a poster. They wanted to do something. Technically, they could do that. I don't know the exact Division Three rules. I don't even know if they allow it. But let's say they can do that. Chambers can't come to me as the AD and say, hey, we want to do this sponsorship deal with so-and-so. Can you negotiate it for us? No. You have to have a separate entity, which is basically an agent. Like these kids can have agents that are – and most of them have to be barred in the jurisdiction that they're serving as. So basically I am barred in Wisconsin as an attorney. So I could represent a student athlete at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in one of these name image likeness deals. And after that, it just comes down to contracts and negotiations and things you're starting to see. Um, what if a student athlete like Boston College's quarterback, who's a terrific player, he's out for the year. Does that affect his name image likeness money? I don't know. Um, are these multi-year deals? For instance, say CJ Stroud from Ohio State just signed a four-year deal to be, you know, the spokesman for Pizza Hut in the mm-hmm. Columbus area. They have a great kid coming up, Quinn Ewers, who's going to probably start within the next two years. I don't know if CJ Stroud is going to be able to beat him out all this time. Will that affect his money? If you're not the starter, if you're not getting that exposure, does that affect your money? And that's just getting down into the nitty gritty contract details. But basically the main takeaways are no alcohol, tobacco, gambling um, has to be negotiated by somebody that's barred in the state, can't be with the university. And some state laws say, um, you know, stay away from, you know, getting with competitors. So if Bethany had a Coke sponsorship and Pepsi wanted to come in and sponsor um, one of our athletes that, you know, plays a sport. I don't, that's kind of great too. I don't know if they're allowing competitors to come in and do that, but also you're seeing these kids in the commercials now, like uh, Clemson's quarterback does pizza commercials. Mm -hmm. Notice that he's not wearing any Clemson stuff. You can't 
use the university's logos, uniform, what have you, because you're getting the kids name image likeness, not the universities. So those are the main takeaways. It's going to be great. It, college athletics is going to continue to just blow up and blow up and blow up and get more lucrative and lucrative and lucrative. But name image likeness is going to change a lot um, from what it is now. I hope the federal legislature comes in and starts regulating it a little bit because right now it's basically the wild west i mean you could have a booster um nike nike phil knight at oregon mm-hmm. he's making a brand with Kayvon thibodeau one of oregon's best players you can use that as a recruiting chip yep. you could say do you want to have your own brand with nike come to oregon we'll get you one and that's a heck of a recruiting chip when a lot of teams can't offer that so hopefully the federal legislature comes in and kind of says something about you know boosters overstepping the lines but right now i mean basically what i said are the only imitations so the wild west out there it is it's crazy um so our last two questions and they will uh they kind of tie into each other because you know bethany is a division three school but first if you're talking to an athlete you know maybe Mm -hmm. in jacksonville or in was or in milwaukee or up here in pittsburgh why division three and then I'll ask the last question. Well, just because you go to Division three doesn't mean that you're any less of a student athlete than anybody else. Um, if you want to play, um, if you want to get a meaningful education, um, go to Division three. By all means, you know, if you have a Division one scholarship offer and you don't want to pass it up or a Division two scholarship offer, you know, that's fine. I mean, but there's a lot of kids, Carlo, that just go under the radar especially last year with a lot of schools not playing and especially in the less exposed areas, West Virginia, um, some areas of Pennsylvania, some areas of Ohio, they just don't get the exposure. And while they might mean everything to the small town that they're in and whatever state they're in, they just don't get the exposure and coaches don't make it out there from big programs. So if you still want to play sports in college, which a lot of people do, um, division three, is no less athletics than division one or division two. Um, so I guess that's the first thing. And, you know, talking to a lot of people in college athletics over the last couple months, um, they understand that the real student athletes are those people that aren't playing the big time sports at the big time programs. They understand that, you know, college athletics and a lot of what you see on the social media um what have you is aimed towards football men's basketball players yes some women's athletes that have a really big cultural impact but football men's basketball the big revenue generating sports that doesn't make any of the other sports less of important to the institution that doesn't make any of the other athletes less of student athletes they're all really important and that shouldn't be lost so you know just because you go to Bethany and you play sport, that doesn't make you any less valuable than any student athlete at Division I school. You're going to school, you're doing practice, you're doing other clubs. It's really hard. And it teaches you a lot of lessons about time management, multitasking, um, what's important in life. That kind of stuff becomes really apparently clear when you go and do multiple different things. Um, so you know, Division Three isn't any less than Division One. I. I mean, I get the stigma out there. And believe me, like I said, I had roommates that went to Wisconsin, who went to Oklahoma. Their game day atmospheres are really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unbelievable. You got 100,000 people there. 
but college football is college football. Um, I get the same feeling walking to Bison Stadium at Bethany as I did walking into Camp Randall at Madison. Um, butterflies. And, you know, if you want to play college football and you just don't have the offers and you want to feel that feeling again, putting on that uniform, popping the pads or, you know, spiking a ball or making a three or hitting a home run, whatever, uh, running a track meet, um, then do it. If you really don't want to lose that feeling after high school, go play division three, go get a great education, because I can tell you the academics aren't any different. Um, academics are the academics everywhere. I mean, I understand you got the Ivy League schools and you have some really good, you know, college academic institutions. Um, but if playing sports is important to you, the academics aren't that big of a difference. You know, you can get your education anywhere and everybody's going to graduate school, it seems now anyway. So you can go on to graduate school from Bethany being successful. And I could show you a 300 foot long list of people from Bethany who have gone on to be very successful. Um, so, you know, division three isn't any less than anything else. And lastly, and you touched on it a lot, and it's something that you are, you're, you, your family are deeply rooted in. If you were pitching to that same student, maybe it's a non-tradition, non-athletic non <laughs> student. Why Bethany? What separates Bethany from, say, a W&J, a Waynesburg, a Franciscan? Yeah, I do know some people from W&J pretty well. So, um, you know, go Bison. I know we play W&J this week, so. Hopefully it's not as bad as I think it could be. Um, but, you know, but, you know, I, I, why Bethany? Bethany's just home, man. You know, you, you don't have the distractions that you'd have other places. You know, Washington, PA, that's not a small place. No. I mean, you could get caught up in some bad stuff in Washington, PA. I know that. Um, so uh, Bethany will allow you to just kind of put tunnel vision on and focus on yourself. I think it's a really good place for people that really want to further themselves during college, um, that really want to come out of their shell, that want to get into leadership opportunities. Um, I think it's great. I have a cousin there now, two of them actually, um, and both of them don't play sports anymore. Um, and they're both doing extremely well, and I'm really happy to see it. So I think it's really good for people that... <clears throat> want to see themselves excel that want to take you know lessons away from their college experience you know there are a lot of people that go to college that just want to have a crazy time mm -hmm. there, there, there's a lot of that and I can't promise you that at Bethany you're gonna have fun but you know it's not going to be as crazy as some of those other places and there's a lot of people that go to Bethany and they just have a great time with it and they you know really excel so I think Bethany's more about taking value out of your college years than making it a big party. Um, so I think Bethany's terrific for people that want to further themselves um, professionally and personally uh, to succeed the further they go in life. Because Bethany's going to give you opportunities that you won't get anywhere else just because there aren't that many people that take advantage of the opportunities they have. So I hope we get more students in the upcoming years. I think that we can, um, but you know, the people that go there and try to like it end up loving it. There are a lot of people that I know that went to Bethany who are miserable 
because they were miserable. You know, they, they were miserable because, hey, do you want to go and hang out with so-and-so? No, I don't want to. I'm just going to play video games here and lay on the couch. I mean, you could go to Alabama. And, and if do you do that, you're going to be hate the same boat. It. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. And that's just the way it is everywhere. So, you know, the people that go there and try to like it end up loving it. And I know that because um, my one cousin who was there, she did not want to go there um, for a fact. I know she didn't want to go there. She ended up going there. She loves it um, just because she allowed herself to come out of her shell and meet people, be social, and just try to like it. You'll end up loving it. Well, Zach, thank you very much for taking the time out of your morning to sit down with us and talk about your Bethany experience and what you're doing now. Best of luck in, in getting into college athletics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you get that big job, I'll be uh, calling you for tickets. Yeah, um, you and everybody else. That's what Yeah, I know. Says, I'm, I'm going to get a section. <laughs> the whole section. This is Zach Lowe's section of people. Um, I'll get a box. This has been the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. I'm Carla Guadagnino, class of 2008, all the way from Jacksonville, Florida, Zach Lowe. Uh, don't forget, Chuckleheads, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, share it with everyone. Uh, thank you to Zach's friends from uh, Marquette that watch the show and love it. Really appreciate that. Um, you follow us on Instagram. It's dingo underscore talk or on Twitter. It's just at dingo talk. And uh, we're here every Thursday at 10 a.m. So we'll see you next week. Carlo, can I give you one request? Instead sure. of a sweet tea, can I get a Chambers breakfast sandwich? The next time you're in Bethany, I will give you a breakfast sandwich. That works for me. Sausage, egg, cheese, and hot sauce. Harry remembers. Sausage, egg, cheese, and hot sauce. And on that note, we will see you next week, Chuckleheads. Yeah.